Hi, I'm Peter Risco, and welcome to my podcast, The Dragon's Lair. Our goal is to educate and inspire you to take your business to the next level by connecting you with life-changing opportunities. We believe that every entrepreneur has that potential. So whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or just starting out, join us as we delve into the dragon's lair. Let's explore new horizons and create a better future together. I'm a self-made entrepreneur that's built a successful funding company on Wall Street. Coming from nothing, I understand how hard it is to build financial freedom. Each week on the dragon's lair, I will give you advice that's helped me slay these dragons. Welcome to the dragon's lair. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Wall Street Pete. Another episode of The Dragon's Lair. I have a very special guest with me today, Mr. Yair Kleiman. I want to introduce you to him. He's an expert in the insurance field and all-around very knowledgeable guy. You guys are in for a treat today. Yair, welcome to Thanks for having me, Pete. Yeah, I, I love what you're doing. I mean, the, the amount of value that you're adding for your clients is something something. It's another level. There's very few people. There's a lot of people that say, hey, let me do it for me. Let me do it for me. Let me do it for me. But your messaging, which I love is, hey, let me help you. Let me do it for you. And everything is give you, give you, give you. You will learn. It's, it's, it's not normal, especially in a lot of the financing realm and a lot of the, the cash advancing realm, which I'm sure you're very aware of. But I'm sure it's something from your background, which I'd love to hear more about. I tell you, it's... Uh... It just feels good helping out other people because there's so much money floating around here. People don't realize that. And a lot of people try to keep everything to themselves, the information, the skills, ah, just for me, for me, for me. And I get it. I understand that perception. But the way I came into this industry was a little different. I didn't really have anybody, no family, no uncles, nephews. Nobody brought me in and said, here, this is what you're going to do, and this is how you're going to make free money. I had to figure this stuff out, and people slamming doors on me and trying to mislead me every single step of the way. I mean, I've been years in, and now that i figured this out, I'm like, look, if I can do it, anybody else can get it done if they have the right work ethic. Because, again, nobody's starting. Most people aren't starting at where I started at. I mean, when I say bottom, I mean bottom. I've come out of prison more than more times than one and started from nothing and had to rebuild. It's amazing. And that's the most difficult thing in the world. It's easy to get lucky here and there, but when you get knocked down and all the dominoes are on the floor scattered all over to pick that up and rebuild yourself, that's definitely no short task. I've done it multiple times in my life. So I know. So it's, it's an interesting thing that, that, I, that I'm just hearing from you. Is, it's a level of resilience that's like an unparalleled level of resilience that you've been knocked down and rebuilt over and over again. Is that something your parent, how'd you learn that? I mean, that's not normal. Most people get knocked down and they stay down. Yeah, I learned that by just growing up in my environment. You know, I was in the drug business for a long time growing up as a kid. There was no real, I don't want to say there was no opportunities. The world is full of opportunities. The problem is I didn't have access to somebody to teach me those opportunities to say, hey, this is available. All we were told growing up was go get a job for somebody. And after work in a short period of time, construction, laboring around, breaking my back, early mornings, cold winters. I said, this is not for me. And I took, you know, my chances in other routes. And again, I'd like to say everything happens for a reason. I wouldn't change anything, but 
man, I wasted a lot of time, over seven years, against yeah. the time. I mean, it's so I when I got into this industry in the cash advance industry, I was 37 years old. And really? for me, coming 37, starting over is not easy. I'm 44 now. So I'm going on seven years in this business. And the day I seen it, I said, this isn't real. There's no way that this is just out here laying around for anybody to get. And I dove right in. And I tell you, the first year, I didn't really make any money other than the customers I had already. I used to build credit, uh, business credit, personal credit. And that's how I discovered this, by accidentally trying to get some funding for one of my clients. And at the end of the day, once I seen that, I was like, wait a minute, I don't have to spend six months building these people out. Then they do crazy stuff like go get phones in their name and don't tell nobody and they don't pay the bill. And then two months you see the negative on their report and they tell you they don't know what happened. I mean, I'm, I've mm-hmm. seen it all. So for me, yeah, it's yeah, like, I was like this, I can just meet people today, get them funded tomorrow and make my commission. And you're talking about 25% of every dollar I fund them, I can earn in commission and fees. This to me was wow. unrealistic. I didn't believe it. But I already did it with my own personal clients. Had I had just started because somebody told me about it, I probably would have gave up too because it's not easy. But the fact that I already closed deals before I really entered the industry kind of gave me that wind to just keep pushing through no matter what came across. I don't care if I don't close a deal for a month. I'm never leaving this business because I know that one minute can be a whole different trajectory. I mean, one minute you catch that customer on the phone, he didn't want to talk to nobody yesterday, but today his oven broke in his pizza place, and if he doesn't get a new oven in the next day, he's out of business. He can't survive this weekend with not serving food. So he's ready to he's ready to sign up. All he cares about is when is the wire coming. So, and again, it helps these business owners. A lot of people focus on us and say we're predatory, we take advantage, we charge too much fees. Yeah, we do charge high fees. Every dollar is going to roughly cost them 50 cents on the dollar. But our risk is super high. I mean, some of these people go out of business. Some of these people run off with the money. Not usually, but it does happen. And we're the ones that's left holding the bag. So we're kind of, yeah. we're kind of similar to the insurance business where everybody says, oh, how they don't go out of business when they got these big claims. It's because they hedge it. They have so many people paying that don't have any issues every month that the ones that do is a drop in the bucket. It's kind of the same way with us. The people are paying so so many business owners want to use this money because they need it to keep their business going that there's such a small percentage that are just out here to try and steal from us. Usually when somebody yeah. goes bad, it's because they've been paying for a while and they just can't maintain the payments and they had the kind of, you know, hey, I got to stop the payments for a week or, hey, I didn't know what to do. I was bouncing payments, so I kind of disappeared. Things like that we come across. Not so much people just yeah. taking the money. There's an interesting thing that I've, I've seen with a lot of new business owners and, they, and, and somebody will give the financing and that person will work in the business and start a business like startup capital. And then two, three years later down the line, they go, oh, well, why am I partners with this guy or this girl? And, and this person, all they did was give me money. But then they, if you forget, if they didn't, they took all the risk. You took, yeah, you took some time risk, but you didn't, time was on your side. You had nothing else going on. So these people took the risk, but the, ca- the capital could be used for other things. They took taking risk on other people. I, I tell everybody every this person. Here. 
I say, to, especially to my big clients, when they're like, oh, Pete, I can bring in a private equity partner. He's going to give me 10%, two years, interest only, and he's going to take 10% yeah. of the company. And I say, okay, I'm giving you 100K to fix a problem today. You're paying me back 150. After that 150 is paid back, I am out of your life. This is your baby. Yeah, you built course. it for 20 years. You're going to give it to your kids. Uh, listen, tell everybody about the insurance industry. Because all, all, all this right. is really good for for us. I mean, you know, it's very good information for my team. Yeah. So so the life insurance world and disability insurance world is is ultra, ultra complex. I would say most most of the country is finding their information off of TikTok and and YouTube and, and Dave Ramsey and Me all too. these and all these like, yeah, that's every that's everybody. So it's a very it's, it's a funny world. It's the same thing as your world. It's. There's a lot of good in it, but there's a lot of bad and there's a lot of misinformation, but you've got to find the, the right path and the right way to go. Exactly what you're saying. It's like, yeah, you're talking to these clients. There's a reason why they're borrowing the money. Not here, do you need money for your business? And we're, I'm just going to take 50% tomorrow. It's like, here, here are the uses for this and here are the pros and the cons. Absolutely. So insurance in general, the basic level is you are buying an insurance policy to protect your family. If you're married, you, you have kids, or if you have dependents, parents, the whole nine yards, business partners, you buy insurance to protect you. And that's on a basic level. What you can do with insurance is a different, it's a vehicle. So it's a separate, and I, I tell people, you can use insurance as its own asset class. So you put money into, so there's two types of life insurance. There's term insurance which is a rental, you're renting, a part, you're renting insurance for a certain amount of time. At the end of that period, it's just like you rented a home. You rented it for 20 years. At the end of 20 years, it was really inexpensive. Goodbye, thank you very much, you're homeless. You gotta go out and do it again. And now rents are so much more expensive, fine. That's term insurance. Then there's permanent insurance. Permanent insur insurance is like building, it's building an asset. You put money into life insurance, that life insurance will cover you if you get sick with some carriers or if you pass away. Obviously, pass away is with everybody, but some carriers have this illness rider, which is crucial. Wow. Primarily, we recommend mutual companies, companies that are owned by policyholders, not companies that are owned by stockholders, some investors that you don't even know their name. Then you, build per you use permanent insurance like buying a home. So you put money into permanent insurance, Part of the money pays for that life insurance, pays for that death benefit. Hmm. The rest of the money is, is set into something called a sub-account where you can accumulate cash value. So let's say, for example, you're 44, you put $10,000 a year into a permanent, right? Was a good example? Yeah, yeah, I, I heard 37 that you've been, I heard 37, you've been in the business for got seven it, years. Got so it, I got it. Did the math, did the math there. It's, it was good. Uh, but so you put $10,000 into a life insurance policy. 70% of the money is going to get accumulated for you in an index, in a different strategy that the insurance companies offer you. 30% will pay for your life insurance. And these are all approximations. Of the 70%, you can use that money to borrow against it. So you buy a home, part of the money goes to interest you borrow money, part of the money goes to interest and the rest of the money you pay back can go into principal. So part of the money pays for life insurance, the rest of the money is invested and put into the cash value. Hmm. That's pretty cool. So you can then borrow against it. So what many clients do, they do something called infinite banking. 
which is, this is what I was a lot of, about. I wanted to get this. I want you to teach my, my, it, my, my viewers about this. Exactly. So the whole concept with infinite banking is being is using an insurance policy to put money in. So you put the ten thousand dollars. You really the people will sell it that they borrow money out of it the next day, which is not recommended. And I recommend everybody be conservative with infinite banking. You put money in, you let the policy accumulate, then you borrow against it. So life insurance is just like another asset. So you can take your policy that has cash value and go to a bank, go to an insurance company and say, Mr. Bank, here's my collateral. Lend me against it. Okay. Now, if the policy hold, if the policy is growing, so you borrow against your policy. So you put, let's say there's 100,000 of cash value, you borrow 90 against it. And the, the insurance company is going to charge you, for example, 5% interest. You take that 90 and you can invest it elsewhere. Now, let me ask you a question here. Let's look at it if we had a different route, because this is the way I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. Let's say I go and I open up one of these policies tomorrow and I open it with 100K. And -hmm. then I immediately borrow that 100K and I pay it back a 5% interest myself. I want to pay myself the interest. I don't want to pay the bank. Yep. I don't want to hold that as collateral and then to pay the bank the interest. My whole reasoning for doing this is because I'm going to be the bank itself collecting that interest rate myself. So that's where it doesn't – that's where the, a lot of the misinformation comes from. They go create your own bank, create your own – really the, the only way to borrow against your policy – but you can, I mean, you can use collateral on any angle. The really the main way to use it is to use the insurance company. So insurance companies right now are lending at 5%. Mm-hmm. So you're borrowing at five. Really, everybody wants to create your own bank, create all that stuff. But that's where, that's where the information is, is really convoluted. That's where the salespeople are coming in. They're saying, oh, you could put 100 grand in and borrow 100 grand tomorrow. No, you could put 100 grand in and borrow, let's say, 80, 85 tomorrow. Okay. Now, when you borrow, let's say at five, inside the policy, you're, you're borrowing against it. You're creating a separate account. And I hope I don't make this too complicated. You're creating a separate account that's growing for you in the policy. So if the policy is growing at 8% and you're borrowing at five, when you borrow, you're making money doing nothing. 3% spread. Now you have 80 grand. You go out and invest it. Let's say you're earning an average of 8%. So you made money inside your policy of 3%. You borrowed at 5 and then you made, let's say, another 8%, 10%, wherever you, you were to get yield. Yeah. So you, you made 3% in your policy, and then you made another 3 5% outside, and you're creating wealth. So people use life insurance all day long to create wealth and build wealth. And the downside of it is that you have to buy life insurance. And that's, for me, not a terrible thing. No, I would definitely like to um... – I would definitely like to get a little more information on this for myself personally and for my companies. Cool. Um, I have, yeah, absolutely. I have probably 15 different companies. Um, nice. A variety of things. I was just out. Uh, yeah, it's, just, you're in the business world. I just picked up 58 properties in New Mexico last week. Um, wow. I flew out to a tax auction. Gobbled these things up like next. <laughs> oh, my God. The prices I got them for is crazy. Um, how, many, how much did you buy? <clears throat> I bought 58 properties. As a portfolio, or you no, bought individual? I had to bid on each single, every single one of them. 
but some of them I was wanting, some wow. of them I got for a hundred dollars a property. Some of them was fifteen hundred a property, but I was just out in Pittsburgh. Um, in a thousand dollars a property. I got a couple properties for a hundred dollars a property. What? And they got a house on them. Crazy. And they got a house. A hundred dollars. Tell you, but you had to fly into New Mexico, drive four hours into the desert, and be eight a.m. at the front of the courthouse signed up registered and have a bag full of cash on you that's the problem not everybody wants to do that it didn't have to be a big bag for for the properties no, you no, bought no, no. i mean <laughs> listen we we my partner i brought one of my buddies out there with me he came out we had like twenty thousand between the two of us really because you can't really carry we flew out that night and then we had to drive to the yeah prison, of course so there wasn't really and they wouldn't allow us to do checks if they would allow me to bring a check i would have bought the whole auction everything was so cheap um, but you know, they had a, a couple of local guys like contractors were in there and they were bidding, like there were some big ranches, 200 acre ranches that I came down there specifically for, but they wouldn't allow us to write a check. No, no, you found the other stuff. Then, you found yeah, the other I grabbed stuff. the stuff that nobody else wanted because it was like, and when I spoke to the people in the town, they were like, yeah, you're lucky you're here because we just got grants coming in in 24 or 25 to revitalize the entire route 66. That area wow. where I'm at is Route 66. The museum is in the town that I bought all the property in Tukukari. Um, that's where the so they're revitalizing everything on Route 66. All the structures are getting free, brand new rebuilds. Um, yeah, you're you're building wealth. Yeah, you're yeah, building some real wealth. It's, it's, I'm building wealth because I got some properties on Route 66, and they're commercial. Wow. So right now I'm just just sitting back waiting. I got to wait. You know, it's like a year and a half wait. Of course. It's pretty. Yeah, but what's the difference? I was just in Pittsburgh. I I picked up 25 properties out there in the middle of September. Wow. And I was paying in Pittsburgh. I paid five grand for some, four grand for three grand. Like it wasn't hundred dollars properties, but it was less than five grand per with a house on it. And, you know. Yeah, you probably went, you probably went, if I can sell this for a thousand like that's a crazy there's nothing else like it well hundred dollars i'm looking at it like i'm gonna grab these up and five thousand right now i i spent like oh i don't know what i spent like 40 grand over there um okay so i already out of 25 properties i'm selling three for thirty-five thousand right now a total it's a package yeah of course and then i got 22 more properties for i don't know Five grand, three grand, like. Well, that, that's it's an interesting point that you're bringing up, and I, I think it's so important for all your employees and all the all the brokers and people that are are following you. Is you could constantly be re putting money back in the business or spending all your money. I don't see you wearing Louis Vuitton. I, I don't see. I see some cool jerseys in the back and all that stuff, and and that's what keeps you real. But it's your goal and your value. If I if I were to say what are your top core values, I'm. I have a feeling one of them is wealth. Uh, that's number one. Well, health and wealth. So health and wealth. I'm the same thing. Health and wealth, independence. Um, so when, when, when we talk to people and they say wealth, those are people that aren't working for money. They're working for assets. They're working to build something bigger than themselves, which is you're building a company. You, I don't see you working. I, I haven't heard you say one more time. One time, yeah, I did this and I made cash and I kept the cash and I spent it on this. It's like, no, I did no, this. And the next thing I know, I put the money into something else and I put the money I into something it. else. And I, and that's, re- 
that's really the, the most beautiful thing when you're able to work for yourself is that you actually have options to do with your money. You're not working for a paycheck and then spend your paycheck. You're working for something you make above what you actually need to live on. You got to put that money somewhere. Do something with it. Put it somewhere. It doesn't have to be – you don't have to be a genius investor. You just you gotta have do, to do you something. You got to do something with it. It can't collect dust. You, I tell you, the, this, it can't collect I learned dust. this in the drug business. Every time I would sell the drugs and I would make a profit, I would buy more drugs with the profit. And it got to a point that eventually I started like this and then I was like this. And it's because I just keep the same lifestyle. Again, don't get me wrong. Now I drive a G-Wagon. I have an Escalade with a chauffeur. I live in nice condos overlooking the city. No, no, no. At the end of the day, I don't just book private jets and fly around and throw away 30 grand. I don't have big drug habits. I don't have gambling habits. I don't have girl habits. I don't have these issues that a lot of people do. So for me, when I went to go blow 40 grand on properties, I looked at it like, hey, I booked a private jet, but now I got 25 properties that I can, you know. I bet you I bet you when you bought the G-Wagon, you went, you looked around and saw how much you can actually sell it for if you ever wanted. No, no. I'll tell you what I did. I bought it. The only reason I bought it was because I learned about the 179 yeah. IRS tax credit. Uh, okay. See, you did something for it. You didn't just buy oh, it. Oh, no, not to throw. You look, you look for a big tax deduction. I said, oh, I get to write off all of this money in my, in my, in my commissions that I just made. Great. I got to still drive a car. So I'm just going to drive a G wagon because it's over 6,000 pounds. And then for one of, my, one of my other companies, I said, well, you know, I do pick customers up. Nobody really likes to drive in the G wagon. It's not a comfortable car to drive in. I said, let me get the Escalade. So I got the nice big brand new Escalade, third row, extra long captain chairs, and I have a driver now. And then when my when I have clients that need to get picked up, people come in for my to do my podcast in my office. And same yeah. thing, you know, um, we give them the whole run. They get picked up, they get the video film, the content, come pull up at the Trump Building, walk upstairs. It's a nice. Wow, I should have come in. I should have come into your office. I could have uh, got a free ride to Wall Street. You definitely come down anytime. You want. <laughs> um, no. so, yeah. same, we do the we do the same thing. We do the same thing. It's all about it's all about everything is strategic. We bought uh, like we ended up buying right now. We just bought a co op. Just me, my wife, and my two kids because we need the space. But I just went. I could buy a condo, which is great, and I own a condo. But now I need. A, I'm going to have to refinance soon. And refinancing is so expensive. If you, if you get a good one. I can't qualify because I won't pass the background check, but oh. that's the problem with me because there's a lot of good opportunities with co-ops in the city. Oh, I bought a three-bedroom, three-bath, 1,750 square feet for, for under $2 million. Where at? 80th and 3rd. Wow. That's a really nice area. That's Perfect Madoff. location. That's off territory. Beautiful. That's Beautiful, beautiful apartment overlooking 24th floor, balcony, wow. washer, the whole nine yards, nice. under $2 million. I didn't even see that part. I saw the apartment for 10 minutes, and I was like, this is crazy. we got to buy this right now. My, one of my partners, he just purchased a condo inside of – what is that hotel? It's right down at the bottom of the West Side Highway, the last building on the right. Um, what's the very – it's a very exclusive hotel. What's like the five – So he bought – Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know down there. I know more up Anywhere here. Anywhere in New York City, when you think of the five star hotel, what is like? It's the po most popular one. I forgot the name of it. Oh. Pierre, there's 
Pierre's big. One hotel's. I don't know if one hotel's here. Pierre's big. Um, Hyatt's obviously the Hyatt. The ones that have the condos on the top. It's like, those the, are the, five, it's like the Four Seasons, but it's another name. Um, they have a couple of hotels around, but whatever. It's it's a hotel. The Ritz. The Ritz Carlton. That's what it is. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he bought the Ritz Carlton. That's a serious thing. On the 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 side where the people live, he got one point nine million. He spent for the unit. I went in there yesterday. Wow. Because he just got just got the keys. Um, I went in there to go see it. You know, congratulate him. And I tell you, it's not even it's not even fifteen hundred square feet. If it is, it's fifteen hundred. Yeah. yeah, I mean, small master bedroom, small room, but for New York City, huge. Floor to ceiling windows, yeah. beautiful, yep. amazing. I told him up until he closed on it, don't get it. I said, go to Jersey, get twice as much. Uh. And he said, Pete, my office is outside, down the street. I need another five years. This is my place. I'm keeping it. I'll rent it out later. I said, I hear you. No problem. But again, when you ask me, I'm going to tell you, hey, don't spend $2 million on a condo. Go buy a big house or go buy a condo in Jersey for $1 million. They got the 20-year tax credit incentive you don't pay taxes for. And do something like that. Again, me, I'm just always looking at how to save. But – yeah, yeah, you're, you're like Pete, I love this. I fell in love with the place. I walked in, and I can't, I can't blame him because I went in and I was like, man, this is really, this is really. It's a, it's a. We had, we just left an apartment. Now we're on thirty first floor, no obstruction, on the water, on the FDR highway, basically. Oh, nice. Beautiful building. It, it was amazing. Like just you walk in, you're like, you didn't. We didn't even have a TV because we're like the view is so nice. The TV would waste the view. I um, when I look out the window, I look across the Hudson River at the whole New York City skyline. It's amazing. It's right on the tunnel. It's That's a, how I look every day. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I was actually looking at maybe grabbing a unit out here in the city because of the traffic. Yeah. It's such a headache. Sometimes I get stuck in traffic. It takes me an hour to get home. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not you – have, you, you, have you have kids? Yeah, I got 18-year-old twins. Yeah, so you want to – I mean, they're not home probably as much, but you want to be home. No, they're in the office. They come in the office with me all the time. I got them. Oh, that's yeah, cool. From, until they turn 25, my kids are stuck with me. I uh, We already had our discussion. Hey, guys, these are the years where you have the problems. I'm going to give you the right way. No college. You're coming to Wall Street. If I was – if I had a relationship or a place to network and learn stuff on Wall Street, I wouldn't have tried college. I tried it. It didn't work for me. But – Again, a lot of people don't have that, so I don't like to say college is not good. College is good if you need it for a skill or you have something you want to do. You want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a financial advisor, whatever you want to do, you go to college and learn those skills. But just to go to college and say, hey, I want to party? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I'm I, I have a friend of mine. I have a friend of mine. He just sold a company for about $400 million. He walked away with about a hundred something million. He always says he basically, he was a laborer. And then he went to, he basically dropped out of high school. And he always said like, I dropped out of high school. And I'm not saying this because I'm proud of it. I'm just saying it because this is, this was my situation at the time, but I had to, I persevered and I went, this is what I want to do. And I'm going to take some risks in my life. And he made it. So I, I, I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Honestly, you dropped out of college too. So you just, well, you I kept that value going. And I, then I went into the construction trade in the union. And I was doing that until the Freedom Tower, uh, the World Trade Center got hit. And that's when I was like, you know what? I was kind of in the drug business all my life since I was 13. And Where'd you grow up? In New Jersey. 
and then Edison. Oh, very nice. I grew up in Teaneck. Oh, nice. Not too far. Yeah, yeah. I went to I went to Rutgers. Oh, cool. In New Brunswick or in New York? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, New Brunswick. Oh, nice. Yeah, I used to be in the yeah, yeah, farm, Piscataway. We used to go. Yeah, yeah, I know Piscataway. I know the whole area. Um, yeah, I loved it. I love it over there. It's great. Well, over there. yeah, I grew up in Jersey, also in Manhattan. You know, uptown Manhattan for a long time. I lived and, but like way uptown, Washington Heights area. And again, you know, for me, I was just always involved in the drug trade because that was the only thing that gave me right now money that allowed me to go buy expensive clothes, to go buy nice things, to go do this, to go do that. Because when I would work, I would break my ass all day and I would get taxed. I would come back, I would look at the check and I'd be like, I'd be depressed. I always had the drugs to kind of offset that. So I was just like, hey, I'm just happy that I can tell people I do something other than sell drugs. But after that, after the World Trade Center got uh, knocked down, I was, you know, I kind of backed out away from the trade because I could have been on that building that day. A lot of union guys died that day. So so I was like, you know what, forget this. I'll take my chances doing this. I'm not doing this stuff no more in these buildings. And again, you know, it it led me to a lot of bad choices and a lot of just plain fucked up places. But all in all, I can't complain because, like I said, some of these things taught me certain skills that I keep with me today. Like again, with the drugs, I used to reinvest the profits. I would always flip the profits, flip the profits. I never went out to the clubs and blew money and throw money away. I just wasn't that person. So me, when I got in this business here, it was like, whoa, I used to pray for this. I please give me Speaks to you. Speaks to you. And it just, it's here. I found a way to print money legally. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have it on my side. It was like we were in a wealthy town. We were always the poor people. So there's a lot of like self-conscious yeah, when you're the poor people around. And Edison's also. Edison's very wealthy. Edison no, was a very wealthy town, but my neighborhood that we grew up in was government housing right on the border of Plainfield. And it's more Plainfield than Edison, but we went to the Edison school. And what that yeah. did for me was it allowed me to see a lot of these wealthy kids because there's some wealthy people in Edison. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of welfare. There's a lot of nursing home business so businesses over there. A lot of nursing home owners in in Edison. Big business over and there. And I was able to kind of capitalize off of the kids in high school that wanted to try to get high. They were always looking to try stuff. Always, but they didn't want to go to the neighborhoods to go pick up the stuff. They wanted it brought to of them. Of course, it's scary. So I was kind of, of like that medium to go between. And I made, <laughs> supply, I made a lot of money. I mean, literally, I was a teenager. I don't want to say teenager. When I was in my early 20s, 21 to 23, I was a multimillionaire with the drug business. And that's like cash. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't really understand that. I started from a $10 dime bag and I just started buying and I sold it. I bought more. I sold four. I bought eight. I sold eight. I bought 16. I just. So (laughs) what are you telling? What what are you telling? What do you when you're coaching your advisors and your and your brokers and these entrepreneurs, these new entrepreneurs, when they start having some success, I'm assuming you're yelling at all of them, hey. You gotta, you gotta start reinvesting. You start put, putting money away. You gotta start doing that. Is that something that you're doing for for your what, for your what people? What I do is I tell these guys that the deal didn't count. It didn't happen. If you make when I make a hundred thousand dollar commission, very interesting to say. When I make a hundred very commission, deep. I've already invested that money somewhere. It doesn't exist. Where's the next hundred? That's what I'm looking for. I am not. Oh, let's celebrate a hundred. Celebrate what? Where's the next one? Because that one's going to run out. 
if I'm not bringing another one in. So yeah. I'm always, always, like I said, I just pulled in almost 800 grand last week off of one of my clients and I'm pulling in another two and some change today. Actually, well, tomorrow, it's already 5.30 now, but tomorrow I'm funding them out and I'm going to pull in another 200 and some change. So, um, but again, like I don't count this as, oh, let's celebrate. Like I don't even tell my floor. I don't come out and say, hey, I banged the big deal. It's nothing. No. Where's the deals at? No, you just move. The deal? You move. Yeah, yeah. What's going on? I'm What's going on? Let's move it. Yeah, I'm looking I'm at the next $40,000 deal. Hey, I'm going to make five more thousand. Okay, great. Put that in the side. Where's the next one? Where's the next one? I grab the big ones Damn. and I treat them the same as the small ones. I put them all in my pocket. I that's something. That, I that's it. something. That's where I see the the the, the salespeople that that fail the most are the people that don't realize that they took care of everybody. They were the people that talked to everybody, and the the forty thousand, the hundred thousand, the two hundred thousand, the five hundred thousand. They all count. So it's like, no, I want to wait. Like the whale hunters. You'll die trying to eat that whale, but you're not going to make it. You got to you got to hit the reps, and you lose your skills if you're waiting in between each one. You get distracted. You see you see something on TikTok that some guy's doing this with his ass or whatever, and now that he made money, and I, I don't know what the hell they're doing. And then you try something else. But if you stay focused when you're doing the small ones and you're constantly winning, I used to be in the fitness business, so I would talk to somebody, and then I'd hang out with them for an hour. I'd make some money. I make, and then I hang out for another hour and make some money and I constantly win, 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 win. So I don't, I, I love the volume. I love the movement. I love to get more and more. And I'm the same thing as you. It's like, I, I wrote a huge client and I made a hell, hell of a lot of money. And I remember like some of the, the advice, the other advisors I was working with, they're like, well, I saw you put two more applications in the day that you closed. It's like, oh yeah, what's the, difference what do you mean i just have to keep keep, going, keep moving like a shark keep it's going keep going there's there's so much opportunity and if you miss the time of opportunity my dad grew up in canada people are like oh canada is a normal place there was like no opportunity there my dad drove over the border brought us in basically illegally and he was like my kids have to make it here because there's so much opportunity i have a guy from in my office from zimbabwe africa yeah yeah, 98% unemployment for a while. And this kid is like, yo, Pete, he, uh, the craziest story. Um, he was walking around Wall Street. He had a job uptown. He came over here. Yeah. He was in college. He left college, and now he's in New York. And he walked down to Wall Street one day. He said, I'm tired of washing dishes. And he walked down, and he was walking around asking everybody, hey, I want to know how to make money on Wall Street. How? Where can I find an opportunity? And one of my guys was downstairs smoking some pot and saw the kid and the kid asked him and my buddy was like, hey, I'm going to take you up to see Pete because Pete likes giving opportunities to guys like this. Wow. And I met the kid and he worked with us for like two months. He didn't really make any money. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to close any deals. Now Hard. he's back. He went and got a job. He worked for a couple of months and now he's like, Pete, I got money on the side. I'm ready to give it my all. I was in here last time because – and love it. I was happy when I was here, but I was still mad because I wasn't getting money. So it was kind of hurting me with the customers. Even though I would tell him this, he didn't understand it until he stopped making the calls and he was no longer in the office. That's when it hit him. And he was like, wow, I don't even have a chance of hitting a whale today. Of course. So no, they want to just change their stars in one shot. Now he's back. It's a big problem. Pete, I realized that I have to be in the, in the business even if it's a couple hours a week, I have to be making calls 
or I'm never going to catch the customer. I'm like, hmm. that, that's exactly what I say. If you're not activity, I create this, like for my salespeople, I create this funnel and this, this circle around them. It's like, you're the person. If you're part of your funnel needs to be, you need to be talking to thousands and thousands of people a week. Yeah. How you talk to thousands and thousands of people a week and you create this funnel that will lead you down. And every single day you could be talking to somebody and closing a deal, but you have to hit the thousands. Every, every single, single day, day or every single week. And if you don't hit the thousands, your funnel is not going to be very big. So you need a huge funnel to get one or two a day. I started, if you don't do that. I started using AI. I built out, I had about 60 okay. guys on my floor up until about two and a half, three months ago. And then one day yeah. I came in and I fired like 95% of the people. I kicked them yeah. out. I said, you're lazy. You come in here, you complain. You think I'm, I owe you. I pay 20 grand a month for my office space. I'd rather have it empty. Of course then have a bunch of ungrateful, miserable people walking around with no money. Yeah, yeah, it makes you unhappy. And I got rid of a bunch of people and I use ChatGPT. And that's my number one sales agent now because we built um, AI bots around it. So you can email, like we send email campaigns and my bot holds the back and forth conversation now with these people. Of course. And it's just like, I'm like, now I don't need to rehire now I'm actually getting a new office on the 40th floor upstairs. I move in next month. They're doing the build out for me right now. It's literally nice. half the size of the space I have, but I don't have a big open pit for 50 guys anymore. I don't want. Well, that's, that's what happens is you build, you make a lot of money and you think I have to hire, hire, hire to build, 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 build. But you realize it, it, I, I know these companies and I, I have friends who, who are CEOs of mammoth companies. And they go, they get these huge companies and they think higher, higher, higher. And then all of a sudden they're not taking home any money. So their revenue is $50 million, but they're making 300 grand. So it's like, why don't you make your revenue 10 million and walk home with five and you'll be much, much happier and you'll have no headaches. So it's like, you're cleaning. It's, it's, I call it head trash. You're cleaning up your head trash, which is awesome. And all of a sudden you're gonna make more money. In my industry, we needed up until now, we needed sales guys to reach out to these customers because today's yeah. customer is not tomorrow's customer. If the changes, they are, they weren't, whatever, too many variables. But the problem we get is if the wrong guy gets on the phone with the right customer at the right time, of he course, you're that done. deal you're done. and it doesn't happen. You're done. So with the robots, they never come off with an attitude. If the customer yells at them, they're still professional. They don't make mistakes. They don't got an attitude because of something they came in from home with. Their girlfriend's aggravating them. So now they're carrying that over. You know, when you get a person on the phone, you literally have one split second to get that vibe. If that vibe Absolutely. is not there, you lost that customer because you got to go up. Absolutely. And it's the only way is by a vibe. And if you can't catch that, that guy's going to move on. And now you're going to be stuck like, hey, this business sucks. There's no money in here. No, there's lots of money in here. You're just. There's lots of money in here. No, you, it's, I, I took, I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm a believer that everything in life is your fault. hundred. If you don't close, it's on Let you. Me. I'm wrong. Always. I did something wrong. I'm, I'm always wrong. I don't have an ego. It's the ego that will make you lose. I have no ego. I'm always at fault. Because if I didn't close, that means I said something. And that means my funnel and my energy and my vibe and my whatever I was putting out was off. And I got to clean that up. And the more you do that, the more successful you'll be because you're more – We I just took this course called like the Behavioral Financial Advisor, which is like an amazing course. The first day of this course that I took 
was all about saying, hey, what is the vibe that you're putting out to the world and how can you change that? That was the whole first day. It wasn't, what are other people thinking and what's their, what's their energy yeah, level and how do you match their energy? All you, all you and that sales. And you're not selling, you're selling nothing. You're selling money from money A to money B. They don't know what the hell you're selling. You're not giving them a, I tell you a from property. Email, or, from an email, I'm pulling hundreds of thousands of dollars from email, forwarding emails. It's crazy. This is where I built this course because I'm like, I got to give this to other people so they can make money. Yeah, yeah, you're scaling. And it's just hard. For, you're scaling. It's, the hardest thing for people in my industry is to believe it's real. That's the that's like 90% of the problem. People are like, that's crazy. they can't wrap their head around, oh, I can talk to somebody for 20 minutes, get their documents, send them an offer, they sign the offer, and I make a $30,000 commission. Doesn't work like that in the world. And I'm like, this does. Actually, just so you know, it does, and it works for everybody. It does. I if see you're it. good, so nobody can tell me that's not that's two plus two is four for me. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah it's the same me. way. I'm telling you, this is real because I've done it myself. I haven't not heard of somebody. I've physically done these things myself, so I can. I'm the same. Up this. I'm the same way as you. I worked at Merrill as like a an intern in their thing, in their platform, and one of the things that they trained you on, they said, if you open up two households a year eventually you will make money. I went two households a year. What the hell are you going to do? Two, that means two families. I got to have two of yous a year. I want two. What are you doing for 363? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I said, I'll close two clients a week. And I we average way more than that. Wow. But I'll close two clients a week. I don't know what two clients a year is because I'll go crazy. Wow. It's like, yes. it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And there's, and there's opportunity. So even I think the training and the education that's being put out there is garbage and it's doing people such a disservice because they don't want to take any risk you go you do this you're going to make money that's risk because that means if they didn't do it they didn't make money you took that they on gotta you to be accountable these companies they have to be accountable that's it so what i what i'm taught what i do now is i hire i have an assistant that keeps my salespeople accountable that's nice so they have somebody that they're talking to that they're so when they're all i had a tough week i didn't make any money they got, I don't want to talk to them. Talk to your assistant. That's on your assistant to push you. That's right. And so it's, it's, it's creating that bond. And you don't – honestly, it's not expensive anymore. You can go virtually. It's no big no, deal. Now I'm doing all AI. I don't even need them. Only thing I need is closers now. And the closers already know this business enough to not come complain to me. They're here. And the closers are dying for leads. You're giving them leads yeah. ready to go. They're going to stay with you forever because nobody else offers that. Yep. So they're happy. They're in the Trump building. They know that I'm not going to steal from them. I want the best for them. And they know that I'm winning out yeah, here. And when I win, I like to life. see other people win also. I'm not going to jump out the window for somebody. But if I can give somebody an opportunity that I didn't have and they're smart enough to take advantage of it, I love to see it. When I give people an opportunity and I feel that they got some entitlement sense to them, I get rid of them quick. Get out of here. Go back to whatever you were doing yeah. in life. I wish you the best. Because me, I'm still working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. My phone is in my hand. I'm always on it. I don't care if it's Sunday night, Friday night, Thursday, one in the morning, six in the morning, three in the afternoon. I am available. If it's about money and it's about a deal that makes sense, I'm there. Now, if you want to call me right there in you. the morning to talk about something stupid, wrong guy. You're not going to get me. But if you're calling yeah. me for business to talk about something that we can make money, that's a positive thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. 
No, it's a, it's a hundred percent. It's, 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 it's time blocking and, and setting yourself up for success, but you got your revenue first, because if you're not there, if you're not on your A game, you're going to be on your B game and the A game, A game guys are going to take you out and that's it. in two seconds. Right it's too, it's too lucrative. This business is too lucrative. So you have to be on your A game. You have to be all on top of everything all the time. I call it the piranha tank that we're in because I get the same customer gets 50 calls a day. The thing with me, of course, I teach people how to keep those other 49 people out of their ear by building certain kind of relationships with these, with these customers. And that's what I teach people in my course, how to do, how to do what I've already done so they can stand on my shoulders and hopefully have the same kind of benefits that I've had. All right. So I got health, wealth, I would say third core values, relationships, relationships are they, I mean, if you don't have relationships, nothing else comes into place. Okay. So what, what else? Independence, autonomy. What, what's your other health? Wealth is the two main things because everything branches off of that without health. You have nothing without wealth. You have nothing. You, if you don't have wealth, you're stressed out. You, if you can't take care of your kids and start working generations down the line, you're going to be constant. Well, I'm going to be constantly stressed on how am I going to get that to happen? Absolutely. If, if, if you know the whole, there's a, there's a chart. It's like an M when stress goes up. So, so when, when money goes down, stress goes up, you're, you're all of a sudden, what do you do when, when your stress is high, you say, I hate people. I don't want to talk to people again. Yep. And then your motivation right? goes down. And your performance goes down. Your motivation goes down and your performance goes down. So you, and you, you cut out relationships. You, you go into like solitude. Yeah. So it's like people go, oh, I'm an introvert. No, you're just stressed. You're, just stressed you're not out. an introvert. You're just stressed. You're stressed. And, and if you fix the stress, everything else will fit. So all of a sudden, when you're in a good mood, all of a sudden you're like, hey, I want to call people. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. If you eliminate the stress, you can make real success. So it's like clean up your other life and you will be more and more successful. Create financial freedom, create financial autonomy, which is something you preach. I've seen you preach a million times. Create financial autonomy. All of a sudden, you'll be more you'll be more successful. You'll be more happy, and you'll do better. That's why people go on a hot streak because they're not stressed about hitting something and scoring or whatever, or however you want to call it. And all of a sudden, their stress levels go down because they don't have to feel that pressure. And all of a sudden, their performance goes up, yep. and they're able to pass and they're able to play better. That's why people warm up. That's Same thing in our business. Let me ask you: um, What book would you recommend to like up and coming entrepreneurs? That's kind of deciding to take that first step, dip their toe into water and just kind of venture out. What would you recommend that they read? That's kind of a short read, but that'll give them some good, some good foundation to build off of. I love there was there were two books that one of my clients who when, you know, you're around people and they have real, real wealthy and he's coming on my podcast soon called Resilient Riches. Uh, one of my clients who sold it for 400 million, he told me when there's food on the table, take the biggest bite you can. So number one book for me is Richest Man in Babylon. I read that. Very good book. Very, very key. Um, I find the psychology of money is really, really impactful. Uh, that's another book. And then for me, find entrepreneurs that you find successful. Shoe Dog's a great one, um, which is talking about Nike. You can read about Elon Musk, who I, I love, just, just his energy and what he's done in this world is, is incredible. Not oh, yeah, I, his I, political I, stances, whatever. I he's don't the care man. About none of that. I like Elon, bro. I, I'm a big uh, fan everyone of Elon. Like, I bought Dodgecoin. Yeah, I went heavy into Dodgecoin because of Elon. 
because I knew Elon, Elon bought it that night and nobody else nobody else had a billion dollars when it was three cents. I went in and I dumped like twenty grand on it. Yeah, Elon Elon is Elon is spectacular. I really I really like I like books that that have some inspiration. The people that came from nothing, which is why Shoe Dog, the story of Nike, is so popular. I, I, I really like that. That was a pretty. It was a really good, movie. Re, really good, really good movie. I just started reading a book, Zero to One. Um, interesting. Who's who's it with? I forgot his name, but it's kind of about. It talks about creation, creating things. Uh, zero to zero is like Absolutely. if you jump on something that somebody's already done and you just, you know, the road is already laid down and you're just driving back and forth on it. That's zero to zero. Yeah. But when they created the iPhone, that was Correct. zero to one. You made a forward yep. progress. And again, it's not that easy. We went 100 years, zero to zero. It was only when this technology came that we went into that. And this is kind of what the book is about. It, it kind of explains to you. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It, it teaches it's you amazing. how to think and look at things from that perspective. I only read it when I'm on flights. I don't get that much time to read, but when I'm in the when I'm in the air, I started reading it. So I'm already on like chapter three or four of the book. That's um, good. No, reading is reading is it's education. Your your whole thing is education will set you free. Well, the, That's really I have a mental block with reading. I read so much in prison that now it's like uh... okay. I'm out here. And- well, that's why you like podcasts. So this is that's why you like podcasts. podcasts. Cool. I like podcasts too. I learn a lot. I of love stuff podcasts. On TikTok. I watch these TikTok um, people, and then they give me information, and then I Google it, and then I go do some research. Like I was asking about that infinite banking, and you were able to explain yeah. to me, hey, that's not exactly how it works. Cool. I understand that now because you know. Yeah, there's a lot more. Yeah, there's a lot more to stuff in our in our world, but. Oh, it's a great lead funnel if you're if you're looking for one. But yeah, those are those are machines. But I love for me, I love financial literacy books. So Rich Dad Poor Dad is a cl- is a classic. Richest Man in Babylon is exactly speaks Rich to you Dad, because Poor it's Dad. taking money off the table. When I was twenty five years book. old, I first started my prison sentence. I had seven years to go, and I read that book. It was one of the first books I read. Now my kids are eighteen. I have already made them read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I teach kids yeah. about um, assets, liabilities, how sometimes assets can become a liability and liabilities can become an asset. Same thing with my vehicle. Yeah. I have a G-Wagon. Yes, it is a liability because it costs me so much every month. However, I was able to it's an asset for you. that money taxes. So for me, I made money getting that vehicle, whereas somebody else would have spent money and lost the money. Correct. You, you're you a wealth builder. That's it. You're a wealth builder. And that's really all you're doing. You're creating wealth and you're building wealth and you're doing something else. And and how you found it, that's your that's your motivation. That's why you keep staying sharp. Because in the end of the day, all this can go away. And who the hell knows? So, as my client said, when there's food on the table. Take the yeah. biggest bite. I love it. Because when I was away. Take the biggest bite you can. I was with people that were worth a billion dollars. And these are some serious, serious guys. That's and they got themselves yeah. in some serious, serious trouble. And these folks were all sitting around me eating the same bullshit food, wearing the same tackies, stuck on the same tier, couldn't get home to their families. All that money means nothing. Yeah. I was actually in better position than those guys were because I've already been through that situation and I was already accustomed to it. So it was easier for me to adapt rather than some of these other gentlemen. 
And I learned something by being around them because in the real world, of course, they don't have time. That's why you're not scared. No, 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 you're not scared world. of shit. You're not scared of shit because you sir, you were next to all these people. That's the difference. Well, That's why you've been so successful because you're not scared of talking to anybody. But, absolutely. And the thing I learned about these guys is that they're no different from me. They're no different from you. Of course. Though these are regular people. In the real world, they're very busy and they don't have time to tell somebody something, to give some advice. They just don't have time. They're busy schedules. But in there, they have all the time in the world. So when we start talking, they're like, man, Pete, what is wrong with you? You made all this money selling drugs. Why didn't you do something legitimate? And I'm like, I didn't know about anything legitimate. I tried 500 different times. I want to own a business. I wanted this. I set up LLCs, corporations, but it wasn't anything of substance because I didn't have any, I didn't have any value to bring to the, to. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. I, I went, I was in the army and in Israel, but I was in the army and I, and I wrestled and I would say, I learned that people are people and it doesn't make a difference. People, especially wrestling, I would say, because I did that for the longest and I coached for such a long time. I was in that world for like, and I have some of the Olympic gold medalists as clients mm. and people that are coming on my path. It's really, really cool. Like amazing people, but they're crazy. Um, and, and you talk to them and they're all just people. They all just go, here's the body. Here how to break it down. There's nothing else to talk about. That's uh, I listen. You know, Don't you be scared of anybody. Take that in. But yeah, this is a. Uh... It was really great. Yeah, it was, it was great. an experience that I, I, I got to say that I wish I didn't have to go through. But the fact that I did and it's done, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad I took what I was able to take from it. And I really was able to hit the ground running now because now when I sit in a room with somebody that's worth $100 million or $500 million, I look at them like, okay, I'm going to be worth that too. Like I might not be right yeah. now, but I will be soon. I'm not I'm with that. I know. You know the difference is I'll be happy while I do it. I'll make it there, but I'll be happy doing yeah, it. See, and I'll get back guys, to my charities. And I'll get back to my communities. A lot of these people don't really know how to live broke. So for them, it's like jump out the window. For me, it's like, all right, I got to start over again. And I mean, I've done it before. I'll do it again. One thing I tell everybody, yep. if you've done it in the past and you're motivated enough, you will do it again. It's just subconsciously yep. already embedded in you. So that's why I said, like, I take the good with the bad. You know, I, I did a lot of terrible things. I poisoned the community. I caused a lot of, you know, a lot of just, and again, I can always say, oh, well, they were drug addicts. And if I didn't sell it, somebody else did. If I didn't, ah, that's bullshit. The bottom yeah, line no, is deep. I got involved in stuff. I knew it was wrong. I knew it was detrimental to the community. I said, I don't care about that. I care about making, taking my family away from this because I have two choices, stay and be part of that or get myself away from it by any means necessary. And that's the route I took. Now that I'm here, I try to show these other kids, the younger generation, hey, guys, if I would have known about this, I would have never been through that because this makes the kind of money that I've always wanted, that you guys desire. This is the stuff that will get you to not go rob this lady for her purse or go kill this kid because of you think 100 grand is a lot of money and you guys are going to war over it. And this is the stuff I try to ingrain and teach these young kids from the Bronx, Harlem, Brooklyn, New York, yeah. from all the, There's the, a lot the of- boroughs where these kids have it rough growing up. You know, it's they understand and they're just like, you know, yeah, for other people, but not for me. And I'm like, no, come down to Wall Street, bring yourself in here, sit at the desk and make it happen. That's it. Make it happen. If you're not going to make it happen, it's on you because I showed you yeah. the way. 
Don't tell me tomorrow there's nothing out there for you. Tell me yesterday, and then I can grab you and say, hey, look, there is something here, but you got to do X, Y, and Z to get it. Now tell me, hey, I don't want to do that. That's fine. But don't say anymore. There's no opportunity. There's nothing. For of you. course. Now you're lying to there's, yourself. There's, because no there's unlimited opportunity. There's unlimited opportunity. Nobody can stay. If you're stuck, if, if somebody is willing to give you a chance and empower you and you choose to turn off that empowerment and, and separate yourself, that's on you. I, I understand if there's no opportunity in your community and you're not successful, I feel bad for you. But if you are have the opportunity and don't take the opportunity, I do yep. not care. That's it. I do not care. I will not donate to your causes. I will not speak at your at your high school. I don't care. If you're not going to take your opportunities, that's on you. Other than that, I, there's a family I support, in, and they live on a farm in, in, in northern Israel. They and, and I've been supporting them for 12 years, and they, were t- they took care of me when I had nothing. And there's one factory in this community, and the factory shut down. There is no opportunity there. There was one job, and that was the factory. And if the factory shut down, when it did, they didn't have money. So some other people had to come in. I didn't mind doing that for two seconds. But when you have people who sit at home and be lazy and complain, sure. complain, complain, I'm not giving them my hard-earned money. Nowadays with technology, people ask me, why do you answer your phone at midnight? Because I got clients in California, and that's their 9 o'clock. If they're busy running their business and they don't have a chance to talk until 9 p.m., who am I to say, oh, it's it's 9 p.m. in my side, even though it's only 6 on their side? Listen, I'm, I'm available. If I'm awake, I'm available. With technology, I have yep. no reason other than just bad ser- bad customer service. Because if I can, yep, that's exactly up, I can get a te- just text me. If I don't answer, shoot me a text. I'll get back to you shortly, but it's much better than you having to wait yeah. till 10 o'clock tomorrow morning to catch me on the business phone. When people say, Yeah, be reliable. I don't even oh. have a business phone. So I don't even know what that is. <laughs> when people tell me all the time, oh, yeah, let's, uh, let's set up a meeting and talk on Tuesday of next week. And I'm like, dude, I can't do business with this guy. It's no problem. I just move lightning fast. Like, yeah. Why do we got to wait until next Tuesday? Let's get it done now. I'm available in 10 minutes. Yeah. You're not. Call me tonight when you're free. It is a 10-minute Yeah, call me. I tell people, just call call me, call me, and I'll answer. If I don't answer, I'll call you right back. It's no big deal. Pick up the phone. But either way, you can, it's no big you deal. can reach me within within two it's, hours, not 24. It's no big deal. Not everything has to be that serious. Yep. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. But it's these are the crucial if – you, if you have these foundations, you can be successful in anything – and it doesn't matter what field you're in. You're going to be successful. You have this foundation. You're giving education. You need a foundation. You get education. You have some some direction. You're going to be successful. You're going to make money in life. Hey, Yair, tell everybody where they can find you. If my guys want to get their hands on some or learn more about insurance products or anything like that. Yeah, so, so my site right now, I'm in the process of writing a book called Resilient Riches because I have not found a lot of books that empower people and give them some financial education at the same time. So I'm writing, I'm in the process of writing a book. Uh, we have we we just launched the podcast Resilient Riches. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. We're we're huge we're huge proponents of LinkedIn. Yair Kleiman, uh, my site Kleiman Financial. You can book a time on my calendar. Uh, that's really where where you're talking to us. You get me. You get my dad, who I brought into the business, who's one of my 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 top revenue producers. My father, which Amazing. I brought in about seven years ago. Yeah, I've changed his stars yeah. because that's what you're supposed to do when you're a good kid. You change your parents' stars. That's really the the goal. And that's really where you can find me. We can go over insurance products. We could just talk about life. Um, but we're going, we're talking about business. We're talking about real things. Awesome, man. Awesome. I love it. I got a book coming out myself. It's called The Fifth No. 
And it's about my, because I got a famous thing that I always tell people all the time, you know, the fifth no is a yes. If somebody's still telling you no, that means that you haven't sold them yet. Because if they meant no, they would have hung up on you. You wouldn't be able to call them. So... I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you a crazy story. Exactly about the fifth no. My father-in-law, who could start a business that just helps you negotiate things for your wedding, just some florist says, "Hey, it's ten grand. He'll get it for you for two. He's he's the best negotiator I've ever seen." He called wedding halls and wedding caterers over and over again, and he said, "I'm going to lowball the price. So if they wanted thirty, he offered five, and if they kept answering the phone." That means that they were still willing to do business, and there was still w- way to get down yep. to the five. I must have saved, I must have saved forty thousand on my wedding. Amazing because of that. Yeah. The fifth no, I love it. The fifth no is that's an awesome, awesome line. If they're on the phone, they're not saying goodbye. The no is still a conversation. You haven't sold them. It's your fault, and fix it. That's it. Because until then, I love it. I love it. Genius, genius, genius name. Yeah, that's. I, th- I thought it was going to be a good catch. It's uh, it, it should be out in the next like two, three months. I'm already halfway through it. Again, a lot of it is talking about how I grew up against all odds, starting again in the drug business, being a white guy from New Jersey, having to deal with that that headache of people thinking they can take advantage, then building myself up into a supplier of suppliers. And then all of the downfall, dealing with the courts and the trials and the juries and the prison and the just the nightmare through that stuff. And then, you know, coming back and rebuilding and then going away again and then coming back and rebuilding and like, you know, just never stopping. So if somebody comes in and tells me, hey, I, I there's no opportunity. Listen, if I can come back and climb out of hell multiple times, whatever you're saying, keep it to yourself convince yourself but you're not going to convince me or anybody around me because we know the real deal this yeah absolutely you put your mind to so Pete, i love I, I love what you're doing i think it's amazing what you're doing you're, you're giving people a chance when nobody else does and that's what people did for me and that's what you're doing for others and it, you're changing people's lives and you're changing communities i'm hoping that i get some of these kids and they they don't commit that crime on that poor innocent i didn't say hoping you're doing you're doing there's no hope you're doing you're a doer it's amazing. So, and it's not a long time. I'm, I'm also, I'm seven, eight years in my business. You're seven, eight years in your business. Yeah, so this awesome. is, uh, and the first year and a half, I didn't really make no money because nobody wanted to deal with me. Everybody wanted to steal from me. Everybody, listen, you know, you're dealing with big commissions. People are going to catch it as quick as they can. Absolutely. And this is what I teach Absolutely. in my course, how to protect your deals, how to learn if somebody's playing you out, how to avoid getting your stuff stolen as best as you can. But again, you know, there's nothing, nothing uh, 100%. But I would rather be in the pit fighting for a hundred k deal than not. If that makes sense. Of course. Sense. Even if I lose, as long as you're in there, um, I have. As long as you're in one there, one of them are going to hit. And when that one hit, as long as you're in there, the fifth no, the fifth no means the conversation keeps going. All right, yeah, here. Listen, we got to wrap up right now. But I tell you, it's been yep. a, a, a complete pleasure to have you on. I would love to get you on another episode one of these days when I fix my new office because yep. I have a dedicated room upstairs with us it's a, a beautiful setup i can't wait i'd love to have and I'll, I'll love to have you on mine and talk about yeah your values and 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 everything you're doing and and kind of where you came from and what drives you and all that stuff and and people need that yeah, people, people need, need that because people listen there's a lot of people, people need inspiration don't know how to make money but they want to they may have a job but they don't want to work for the rest of their life with nothing else with no other hope my opportunity to come in and help these guys become entrepreneurs, even if they're not. They don't want to be because they don't know what to do. 
But if I can tell you, you can make an extra 20, 30,000 a month, that's a very reasonable number from your cell phone while you keep your full-time job in your spare time, everybody says, yeah, 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 yeah. But nobody wants to take that first step. That's it. That's it. And and that's it. That's on them. I'm here to show them how to take that step. You don't have to figure it all out on your own. I got you covered, but you're going to pay me a small fee for my services and for what I'm bringing you. It's it's life changing. It's free. It's not even a cost yeah. if you look at it in the right perspective. If, if people pay a big fee for college and they get nothing yeah. for it, you're paying a small fee for something that changes your life. It makes you makes you and something. You can start making money right away. People go to college. They pay Absolutely. college to go spend four years to learn something. I'm telling you right now, right now, because I understand the drug dealer mentality. I need it now. Okay, so we have that established. Here's something that can give it to you now. But you got to go do it. Awesome. All right, Yair, awesome. listen. I love it, Pete. Everybody go check out Yair. Great guy. Again, if you guys are sitting on top of the world and you need some help, need some advice, check him out. Anything to do with insurance products, infinite banking, any of those subjects, this guy got you covered. He'll tell you what's real, what's not real, and some of the better ways to do things. Wrapping up another episode of The Dragon's Lair. I'm your host, Wall Street Pete. Yair, it's been a pleasure.